2016. Uh, you know, as we've been reflecting on um, the last, uh, reflecting on last year, on 2015, I don't know if you took a moment to do that. You know, as the end of 2015 was winding down, if you kind of thought back to what your year was like, um, maybe for you, your year was, you know, awesome. And maybe it was not so awesome. Uh, and taking, taking time to think through the highlights and lowlights. I'm married to a hairdresser, so, I mean, it's all about that, right? But the highlights and the lowlights of your, of your life um, and, and of your year. And um, today, I just want to, you know, I've been, uh, a while back, I was listening to a series um, by Andy Stanley. I want to share a little bit, kind of loosely based on a series that, that he was um, um, sharing but uh, I want to say that today, the beginning of today, is just an introduction. You're gonna, there's going to be some questions at the end. You're going to be scratching your head and thinking, he didn't cover this part. And maybe, I wonder if he thought about this. And you may want to email me, and, and that would be fine, uh, because maybe I haven't thought of all of those, um, those uh, thoughts and, and parts. But, but this, this thought wouldn't leave me over the, uh, uh, the last, uh, yeah, a couple of months even, just thinking about these thoughts. And so um, we want to start a brand new series this morning, we kind of want to introduce it uh, today, and then we'll, you know, over the next couple of weeks, we'll, we'll kind of fill uh, the rest of it out. But, you know, I know you're probably all sick and tired, or maybe done with Christmas carols, but just so those who are listening online have the, the opportunity to hear it, would you, would you just join me in this one? Would you sing, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and be like, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and uh yeah, you know that, right? So this idea of we, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Some of you are like, you're not making me sing. I don't care what. You know, you can play a band. You can tell me. I'm not, I'm not singing. It's all right. We still wish you a Happy New Year. And it's those thoughts. You know, you've probably heard or sang that a number of times. But did, did you mean it? Did you really wish me, like, wishing me, like, a Happy New Year? And a lot of times we like, yes, we kind of, that's the easy part. Of course we did. We, we wish you a Happy New Year. See, as you read through the Bible, there's some interesting things you find. Like uh, the brother of Jesus, his name was James. He wrote uh, the, the book of James. And as he wrote that, that letter, his whole deal was, I don't want you to be just people who say stuff. He's, he even says things like, you know, if you go out and see somebody who's hungry and see them that they're, you know, they're hungry and they're, and they're cold, he says, it doesn't do you any good if you just say, hey, we wish that you were warmed and we wish that you were filled. Now go in peace. He says, if you didn't do anything to help them, what good is that? And so the thought that I had is, we say this all the time, we wish you a happy new year, and it's my wish for you as well, but it's more than that, because it's no good if we just say, we wish you a happy new year, and actually give you absolutely no, no help, no chance, no thoughts of how that could actually happen, to actually have a happier new year, something we not only want to wish you, but hopefully to equip you to have a happier new year in 2016 than what 2015 may have been whether that's a boring new year, whether that's, you know, whatever that's going to look like for you, but that it was better than last year. And so over the series, we want to talk about what makes you happy, and we want to talk about what the hindrances to that happiness in your life, because you may not be aware of that. So why are we, why are we talking about happiness? It's one of those things that, uh, for one, I don't know about you, but you probably, let me know if you agree with this, that we all kind of want more happiness in our life. Let's put the opposite. How many of you want more pain, turmoil, and uh, trouble in your life? All right, we'll pray for you. People don't often ask for that. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, I just, I really, my life was just too good this past year. Like, I really hope my kids get sick next year. I really would love to lose my job. You know, I'd really love to kind of have the understanding of what it means to, you know, live, uh, live uh, without any funds. And, and we just, we don't think that. We're kind of always in this mode of, I just want it to be better. Even if last year was awesome, there's this idea we kind of all little, want a little bit more happiness in our lives. It's why we make resolutions. 
You know all those resolutions that maybe you made, those promises you like, yes, I'm, I'm going to do more of this or I'm not going to do this? Most of those promises were probably things that were going to make your life better, or you think they would. You didn't make you know, a resolution saying, I'm going to spend less quality time with my family and friends this year. You probably didn't say, I'm going to try and eat more junk food and, and gain 100 pounds. I'm going to get a couple more credit cards and spend my way into more debt this year. That's my plan. Unless you believe the end time is coming this year, you probably didn't do that. Some of you who think you want to run up your credit cards because Jesus is coming soon, we'll pray for you too. But the most popular resolutions this year have been things that are going to help make our lives better. Get fit, give up booze, give up smoking, save more money, get off of social media, travel some more, you know, read some more, donate to charity, go to church. Maybe that's why you're here this morning. It is the first Sunday of the year. And maybe you made that resolution and it was like, I just kind of think that maybe my life could get a little bit better. And so the reason we talk about happiness is we all want more happiness than we maybe currently have. We want this year to be better than last year in different ways. We want it to be happier than last year. The thing is, we all have a different idea of what happiness looks like. I don't know if you're married, but you and your wife probably have different ideas of what happiness looks like. And that can cause some conflict, you know. Uh, for, For some, it's like it comes to those times of vacation. You know, a great vacation, happy vacation would be, let's go to Disneyland. And your spouse is like, no, let's go to Algonquin. Let's get away from all of the noise and sound. And it's like, let's go here because this is what's going to make me happy. And then you kind of have that thing. And whoever chooses whichever one, then for a year till the next vacation, the other one's like, ugh, I can't, you know. It's that, that, that thing. It's different views of happiness. So my question is, what makes you happy? What makes you happy? happy. My son yesterday came into my office. Um, uh, here's a New Year's resolution for me. Next year at New Year's, I'm not letting my children stay up till m- midnight. Uh, that night was great. The next day, uh, hell on earth. You know, it's uh, <laughs> four children, uh, and, and uh, they just did not do well without uh, enough sleep. And so my son Maddox, he's four. He was crying multiple times throughout the day. And so he'd come to my office, and, and I'd let him in, and it was always in tears, and it was always somebody else's fault. And so finally, after about the fourth time, I picked him up, and I have him sitting in my lap. I said, Maddox, what will make you happy? And through his tears, he says, Candy! <laughs> And I'm like, no, you know, candy is not going to make you happy. What else will make you happy? An iPhone. I'm like, you're four. You know, you're not having mine. You're not having your mom's. And we're definitely not buying you your own iPhone. And, and so then I was like, well, okay, one more. What will, if you can't have those, what will make you happy? Medicine. I'm like, okay, so I'm not going to give him medicine. He's not sick. I'm not giving him an knife. I'll give him candy. And so, you know, we, we do whatever it takes to, to make him happy. But it's, it's um, I shouldn't say it. We, we don't. We're good parents. But this, this thought of these ideas, even as we grow up and as we become adults, we have those moments in our life where we're like, this will make me happy. And, and it's, it's stuff. And it's, uh, it's crazy. But it seems like everyone is trying to sell you what they think is going to bring you happiness. It's happening around you all the time. It's why we need to talk about things like this today, because sometimes we forget. But it's these things. People are trying to sell you stuff that's going to make you happy, and they'll use advertising. For instance, you probably bought into this one at least one time this week, is that happiness can be found in a cup. Good old Tim Hortons. They get us every time. The most abused drug in the world is caffeine, and I love it. Um, but happiness in a cup is like that thing. It can change your mood. It's that idea, you know, as you're driving down the road, and you're like, you're fine. You see a Tim Hortons, and you're like, yeah, that would make me a little bit finer, right? I'd be a little bit more if I pull in. You don't have that. 
If you're cured of that, please come talk to me. I need some help. But maybe for you, happiness isn't in a cup. Maybe happiness is in a bottle. Nervous laughter. Hmm. (laughs) That thought of, you know what, this party would be more fun if, you know, my New Year's would be more fun if, happiness is yelling, bingo. I don't know how that's whatever, but there's this, that was their, they're saying, they're, they're advertising with happiness is yelling, bingo, happiness is marine land for everyone other than the animals, uh, and that's a different message as well, but that, that was, when I was a kid, that was the thing, happiness is marine land, and then I saw this, when happiness can be found in a box at McDonald's, who knew, and as you, as you think about these things, you're like, how come, how come they advertise things like this, because it works, how many of you have maybe once or twice or a hundred times have fallen for one of these things where you thought, ah, yeah, that's going to make me a little bit happier? And it probably did for a short amount of time, and then it was gone. Some of it's done by advertising, but some of this happiness, this, this people trying to sell you happiness is more by showing off. It's like with Instagram, you know, I don't have it, but my wife does, so I sneak on it every once in a while, and, and, and they show us these things like this, people just posting all their pictures of them in Cuba, and them on the beach, and like, hey, hey, all you people in Canada, you know, look at me, and I'm like, oh, you know, I would probably be as happy as them if I could, you know, or they have a good hair day, and they post it, and, and, or they have that new iPad that they got, and you're like, mine's three years old. And, you know, maybe it's not that. Maybe it's Facebook where they're posting that awesome party or they got a new car for, uh, for Christmas or they have their new hot girlfriend and, they, you know, they're posting pictures. And it's this idea of, uh, of they don't even know they're advertising. You don't really think they're advertising, but you notice it and you're like, huh. It makes you wonder sometimes and you think, how come they're all so happy? In my life, I'm not really sure. There's been lots of shows, songs, and movies about this topic of happiness we're going to date you a little bit here, but how many know who these people are? <laughs> Good old happy days, right? You know, the Fonz. I grew up on this as a child my, on the reruns, but the, uh, they, they had that song, these happy days are yours and mine, right? But for some, they would say, ah, those happy days, you know, yeah, they're, they're theirs, but I don't know. It was one of the highest rated shows in the 70s until Fonzie jumped the shark. Uh, you can watch that episode online still to this day. It's crazy. Um, but, you know, the 70s, it was this, this there was a part of this um, thought of happiness. In the 80s, there was a song called Don't Worry. You know it. Even though it was made before late internet, 80 million Fogies like myself have Googled that to see and watch that song one more time. You know, don't worry, be happy. In 2013, there was another song. They just simply called it Happy. Pharrell Williams, he, he wrote it. Uh, and you know, there's that, that clap along, if you feel like a room without a roof, which I have no idea what that means, but if you feel that way. Clap along. Oh, that's what it means. All right. Clap along, if you know what. You know that one? What happiness. 780 million other people know the next line to that. Happiness, clap along if you know what happiness means to you. But I love it because you know what the truth is? Most of us really don't know what happiness actually means. We don't really know what happiness means to us. And then there was, and we'll get into that in a second, but in 2006 there was a movie called The Pursuit of Happiness. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's based on the true story of Chris Gardner and it's Will Smith and his son who, uh, who um, are in this movie. And at the end he says, at this point in my life, this is what I would call the happiness part of my life. And he says that there's a quote that he says, it was right then that I started thinking about Thomas Jefferson on the Declaration of Independence. And I thought about the part that said this, that these truths are self-evident, that we have a right to life, to liberty, 
and the pursuit of happiness. And I remember thinking, how did he know to put the pursuit part in there? That maybe happiness is something that we can only pursue, and maybe we can actually never have it. He says, well, either way, no matter what, how did he know to put that pursuit part in there? And it's, there's a part of that, and there's a thought of that, uh, and it carries through to today, that each and every one of us, we are on a pursuit for happiness, whether we know it or not. And for some, you like, you want to deny that, but I just want to let you know that's okay. It is totally okay that you're on a pursuit of happiness. There's nothing wrong with being on a pursuit of happiness. But it's kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure, because there's all kinds of paths that that kind of claim that they lead to happiness. And there's only one path that actually brings you to that place of happiness. So being on the pursuit of it's fine. It's which path are you taking to get there that matters. And the reason we want to talk about it today is that we all want more happiness in our life, but we don't know how to get more happiness in our lives. We know we want it. We just don't know how you get it. And we don't know oftentimes what actually makes us happy. We make choices based on what we think is going to make us happy, what looks like it might make us happy. And it's because of that that, that we will buy that car because we think it's going to make us happy or that new pickup truck, you know, or that new jacket that's 70% off and still $350. You know, it's like I didn't have the $350, but it was such a deal. It's going to make me happy. Maybe it's why you moved to that neighborhood. It's why you moved to Townsend, because it's awesome. You know, you, you bought a house there. Maybe it's the reason you're dating that girl sitting beside you, thinking, this was going to make me happy. Maybe it's the reason you got married, thinking, oh, that person, that they're going to make me happy. It's interesting. It's one of the questions that, that I ask people who are getting married. Why do you want to marry the person? You wouldn't believe how many times they write out, because they make me happy. It's this thought, we're on this pursuit of happiness, but we're not actually sure. And we're going we're gonna to look at that in a second, because most of what this, this thing that we pursue, happiness, we find out that it ends up being temporary. It's like filling a bucket full of holes and trying to keep it full of water, and it just doesn't happen. And so we spend whatever it is to, to kind of pay for some happiness to fit in that bucket, and it just keeps leaking out. And then pretty soon you run out of money, and you can't afford to fill the happiness bucket anymore. And you're like, darn, I have to keep my iPhone 4 because can't afford any more happy. It's interesting as you think about this idea that we're on this, we are on this pursuit of happiness, but we're not actually sure all the time how we get there. And we think it just seems to be outside of our, our grasp, our range. So why are we talking about happiness in church? And here's what, you know, a number of you are like, how come we haven't got to the Bible yet? Well, we will right here. The Bible actually talks a ton about happiness. Why are we talking about happiness in church? Because what we found with happiness is it's not something you can bottle, and it's not something you can sell, and yet it's something that you can have. So as everybody else tries to bottle it and sell it and package it and say, hey, this is what it's going to be. If you would just buy this, do this, date her, marry, marry him, you're going to find it. And the thing is that there are things that hinder happiness in our lives, and they may be hindering you today. And I just, this, in our introduction, I want to just um, uh, encourage you to think about some of these things. What, uh, is it possible that the reason why I haven't seen or am not experiencing true, genuine, lasting happiness in my life is that maybe there's some of these hindrances that, that, have, that are in the way that, that I just haven't thought about or discovered? Some have forgotten. One of the hindrances is this, that some have forgotten what true happiness is really all about. Some have forgotten what happiness is really all about. And it's why things end up being temporary. It's why when you say, hey, I, you know, I want to, uh, I'll, uh, I'll buy that, I'll marry that person, I'll date that person, think it's going to bring you happiness. Isn't it interesting how, you know, when people end their marriages, 
this is one of the reasons I, I just want to be happy. I just wanted to be happy. That's why I married them. And now I just want to be happy, so I'm leaving them. It's painful. It's painful because as a pastor, as a youth pastor since 1998, I've had the chance to watch people's lives for a number, enough years to realize that the choices they made thinking it would make them happy has actually got them to the opposite spot. It's heartbreaking that we undermine our own desire for happiness by the choices we make to achieve happiness. By going for something that we really want, we end up regretting it later. And we, I don't know, it's a little personal right now, so maybe we'll just think of somebody else, somebody that you know. Have you ever heard somebody say, you know, at least I'll be happier? You know, if I buy this, it'll make me happy. If, uh, if um, that person, they'll, they'll make me happy. If I do this, if I could just say this, it'll make me happy. There's another song, Cheryl Crow, she sings it. If it makes you happy, it can't be that bad. And if it makes you happy, I just made you imagine a bad word in church. <laughs> if you know the song, it's why the heck am I, are you so sad? The other word. That idea, though, that, you know, if it makes us happy, well, it can't be that bad. But if it makes us happy, then why are we still so sad. As we wish people for to have a happy new year, it's more than a wish. We want to see it. But there's two different ways to pursue happiness, and it depends greatly on which path you choose. So my question is this. If we've forgotten what happiness is really all about, is it possible that the choices that you're making to achieve happiness in your life are actually the, the reason why you're not experiencing happiness down the road in your life? It's like watering a garden. I love my gardens, you know, and I've just kind of got into that stuff. But as you water a garden, you know what the worst thing you can do is for a garden? Keep watering it. If you water it too much, what happens? You drown it. It's like uh, I also have fish, and, I, you know, you need to feed your fish to keep them alive. I keep trying to tell my daughter that. But for me, it's as you feed the fish, the worst thing you can do is feed them too much, and, and they end up dying. You're trying to do the right thing, but in the end, it's actually having the wrong result. Happiness Sometimes we forget that's what it is, and here's what we forget. We forget sometimes that happiness is more about a who than a what. Happiness is more about a who than a what. It's something we all know, but we often forget about it in the moments where we have to choose um, this idea, um, choosing the pursuit of happiness. Some evidence for you. It's much more about the who's than the what's, because the stuff, you know, the stuff that, that you bought that made you happy and no longer makes you happy is proof that stuff doesn't actually make you happy. I almost slipped this week. I was uh, Boxing Day, I don't, uh, Boxing Day week, whatever, they do the whole week. I was at the mall with Beth, and I'm just wandering. She's, she had a gift card from somebody here, thank you very much, uh, forced me to go there. And I was tired of sitting with the old guys on the, on the seat, so it's like, I'm going to go, you know, wander. And as I'm wandering, I got to the Bell store, and it's like, hmm. There's a lot of people in there. I'm going to go see what's going on. As I go into the Bell store, it's like 70% off the iPhone 6. And as I looked at that shiny screen and I compared mine, it was like, this looks so tiny. This is like huge and beautiful and I, 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 it's on sale. And I'm like, I got to have it. And I thought, no, you know what? My wife will not be happy with me if I just buy myself an iPhone so I text her, and I show her a picture, iPhone, on sale. She's like, I'll be right there. And so literally, in seconds, she was already on her way. It was like 30 seconds she shows up in the store, and I told the people, I was like, you know, I have to ask my wife. Well, there she is, you know. And she came in, and she looks at the screen, and we're like, we sat there, and we're like, wow, this would be great. And then what happens is we, we all of a sudden have that moment of like, 
our phones still work. So we don't really need those phones. That just doesn't seem to be enough. All of a sudden, it's like, well, it's true, but our phones still work, so we could give them to our children. They could be their iPods. Then we could have these. And, you know, if we, if we did this and if we sold this or whatever, maybe we could figure out how we could have this. And, and then as we sit there and we're like, okay, let's walk out of the store. And they're like, don't go. We almost have you. Uh, we, we went and we sat down. We're talking about it. We're like, ah, oh, you know, all of a sudden I remembered. I preached about this not too long ago. I hate when that happens. And I remember, it's like, why in our country would we upgrade something that still works? I'm like, oh, get those thoughts out of my mind. I really want to be happy. And so we sat there and decided, no, 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 we're not going to buy it. But just, just about. And then we get home and realize my daughter's iPod doesn't update. And all of a sudden, the, the text is, you know, is the Boxing Week still on, right? It's that, that thought of even at home, we try and convince ourselves that it's going to be worth it. But I'll tell you this. Think about what I thought about is when I bought my iPhone 4, I was like giddy happy about that iPhone 4. That same thing that I was still holding in my hand that was just no longer like, it's a piece of junk. If it, never, if, if it doesn't make you happy now, it never actually did. You were simply marketed to because stuff never makes us happy. It's about a who, not a what. If you've ever been overseas, you've noticed this. You go overseas and see people who have nothing. You're there on a mission trip. They got nothing. And you look at them and what are they doing? <laughs> How can you smile? You have no stuff. You've got no what? But they know. They got the who's. And afterwards, you're like, I want to go home and live like this. And then you get home, you're like, oh, there's my stuff. And, and we go back to it. It's our culture so strongly talks about this, this, the what, the what, the what. And it's actually about the, the, the who's. If you think about it, in relationships, it's all about relationships. You know, you can see it in things like this where parents, you're, they're never happier than their most unhappy child. It's the one you're praying about all the time. It's the one that you're thinking about and you're like, it's that, that level of happiness kind of levels with that, with that child because it's about the relationship. Sometimes it's, it's a thought, you know, the husband's never happier than his happiest wife. <laughs> it's why we don't believe in polygamy. Can you imagine? You know, if she's not happy, you're not happy. That, that's a bad thing to, to, to have, but it's that same thought. Our relationships affect each other so much. You know, the greatest memories you have are not what you did or what you had, but who you experienced those, those things with. You know, if you've ever lost your wallet, I had somebody lose their wallet and they were texting me for a couple days because it was such a, like, oh, I lost my wallet. It's this awful feeling inside. You know, it's only an awful feeling. It becomes just more of an annoyance when you, when you think about losing a loved one. All of a sudden, it's like what felt like a big deal is no longer because it's not about the, the what's, it's about the who's. At the end of our lives, our greatest regrets are never going to be about possessional things. They're going to be about relational things. You know, you never see the obituary that says, so-and-so surrounded by his Lexus and his Xbox and his guns, you know, went to be in peace. No, that's not who he called to be around him that, that day. You know, this woman, you know, surrounded by her, her Gucci purses and her, you know, all of her shoes. That's not who she's, you know, at the end, you know, like, hey, I need some more time with my shoes. It's just, I need some more time with people. If I'm going to make something right, it's going to be with people. It's because those are the things that it's really all about. Our happiness has way more to do with our relationships than our stuff. So what makes you happy? Well, here's the answer. No thing. What makes you happy? No thing. What makes you happy? No thing. As you think about that and remember that, there's this idea. I'm going to leave you with the last two thoughts. This pursuit of happiness, sometimes we forget what it's all about. And so I hope that this comes back to your mind and those things of, ah, that might make me happier. The thing is that the other two thoughts is, is this. Some think that God isn't concerned about our happiness. 
And here's where Christians, it kind of gets into this spot where, I don't know if you've heard this statement before, that God's more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. And here's where the faces and some of them are going to look like, and like, you know, it's, it's almost it causes this inner conflict, like be a good religious person or be happy. I could be a good religious person or I could be happy. And that those things are opposed to each other, but I want to tell you that they're not. That they're not, that, you know, this, it sounds like a very spiritual thing, but it makes it sound like God is only concerned about your, your holiness and not concerned about your happiness. And it's very true that God's concerned about your holiness. It's why he died. It's why he gave his life so that, you know, he could, he could save us, but also bring holiness in our lives. But connected to that is our happiness. And we're going to discover in the next couple of weeks that he actually created you with a desire and the ability to experience happiness. He created that in you because it's something that you are to enjoy. The problem is we kibosh it by going for the wrong types of things. So we're going to look more at that in the next couple of weeks. Because for some, you're like, ah, I put this off because it's not, this world is not really about happiness. It's about something more spiritual. But I want to tell you that it's, it is something. Nobody wants to be around the grumpiest Christians. I serve the Lord, bless God. Life sucks, and you can have it too. (laughs) And for others here, you think that God's actually in the way of your happiness. And it's why, it's part of the reason why you haven't, you know, decided to follow him fully. Because you don't trust him. You think he's actually getting in the way of happiness. And maybe it's the way you were raised. Maybe it's been your church experience. Maybe it's that thought of you think God's all about rules and God's all about commands that hinder happiness. Church was so boring. God was so angry. You know, he just created people and then he had nothing else to do. So he made a whole bunch of rules to make their life miserable. That's, that's what God was all about. You know, and as you think, you know, you think his favorite song is if you're happy and you know it. Repent! Because you're doing something wrong. You're not supposed to be happy. I want to leave you with one scripture this morning. Like some of you are like, yes, thankful. He got there. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The original happiness sales pitch. The reason why I wanted to share the, the, the stuff this morning the way I did is that it, as you go through this week and you catch yourself and check yourself and these thoughts of, you know, wanting happiness, just remember that everybody's on this kind of pursuit and the original happiness pitch has been here since time began. That, that you'll see it in Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 to 7. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord had made. And one day he asked the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from the fruit of the, gar- of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it. There's the rule. God said you must not eat of it or even touch it. If you do, you'll die. If you do, it's not going to be good for you. And the serpent said, you won't die. He says, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God. You will be better. You will have more happiness, success, whatever. You're missing something is what the lie is. That The thing is, when God created man, he created him in his image. They were already like God. So when he says, you will be like God, is that a thought of, I'm missing something, and yet they weren't. They weren't missing anything. But he says, you'll be like God if you do this. Verse 6, it says, the woman was convinced What's really interesting is that as you're going through life, you're not convinced by the thing from the outside. It says the woman was convinced. And what does it say? It says this. She saw that the tree was beautiful. Well, he didn't tell her that. He just simply said, hey, you'll be more like God. And she's like, that's a pretty good reason to try this. But she had that check. But here's where the convincing happens. It's the same in our lives. I'll be happy if I marry them. You're like, yeah, they got some red flags. 
And then we begin to convince ourselves by things like this. You know, it's that she says she saw the tree was beautiful. Ah, but the tree is so beautiful. And the fruit, oh, it looks so delicious. And I want that wisdom. And the word wisdom actually means success, happiness. I want that part of my life that it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and she ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. And this is that part that, that, that as you see, as you go through your life, it's that things of where you begin to, con- if you have to convince yourself that this thing is worth having, and you use those things to, to talk yourself into it, you will regret it later. And here's the thoughts. She says in verse 7, at that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame. Exactly what they were going for, the thing they thought was going to bring them happiness brought them the exact opposite thing. And that thing was called sin. It's a thing. Not everything we do is sin, but any of those kind of things like this, it's, it's uh, the sin that separates. And it brings up the, the part in our lives. We're going to talk about it next week with our relationships that separates us uh, and, and brings out incredible pain, incredible hurt, incredible shame. The lie is that you're missing something that you can find here. And it's not true. There's that pursuit of happiness, that desire for it on the inside, but it's not based on that. And I wanted to say this thought that they already had everything they needed. They had that relationship with God. They had what they could find in him. And I want to encourage you with this thought. If you think God's in the way of your happiness, he's actually the one who provides true happiness. And if you're resisting God because you think he's in the way of happiness, what you're actually doing is resisting your own happiness. You're resisting the the thing that you actually want and thinking you're going to find it in another way. And for some, you're like, you know what? Uh, That part of resisting God, you think, well, you know, God is uh, God's against happiness. He's not against happiness. He might be against your kind of happiness. He might be against your type, your pursuit of happiness. But let me just leave this with you. You probably are too, 10 years from now. Have you ever thought of that? After looking back, we'd probably agree with him and say, you know what, you're right. The thing I bought, it needs to be repaired. That new van, that was awesome. So my mother-in-law backed into it. That thing that you wanted to say and tell that person off, you wanted to tell them, give them a piece of your mind because you knew he was going to make you feel better inside. Years later, you're like, ah, I wish I'd never said that. The thing that you wanted to do, everyone else is doing it. I just want to do this. And years later, you're like, ah, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, this is the person I want to date because they're just so hot. Later on, you're like, oh, that person hurt me so bad. I want to marry that person because they're going to make me happy, and years later, you sit there and go, oh, I wish. See, that's the whole idea that God actually wants to give you the chance to see it 10 years in advance, so you don't have to look at it back and look at it in regret, but that the actual chance is to see that he provides the way, that that by resisting him, you're resisting what you actually wanted, and that his greatest command to us actually provides the way towards happiness. There's two paths. You can put that thing back up on the screen for a second. There's two paths that lead to happiness, but only one pursuit will take you to it. I want to ask you, challenge yourself with this question. Which one are you on? Are you on that path? Whereas as we were talking today, you're some of those things just like, oh, yeah, that was me. Ooh, that, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Because p- quite possibly in the path that you're choosing towards happiness, you're taking yourself to the exact place that you didn't want to go. And next week, we'll tell you about the other path. Figure we can't give it to you all today. It'd be worth coming back next week just to find out what the path to real happiness looks like. Robert Frost said this, and I'll leave it with you. You've heard it before, but it says this, I'll, I'll be telling you, or some, I'll, I shall be telling this with a sigh somewhere ages and ages hence, somewhere down the road, 
that two roads diverged in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. See, the path, the choices we make, they matter. As we talk about wishing you a happy new year, my heart is that it would be, you know, there'd be so much less counseling for me. I would wish, I would wish, I would wish, and though I've seen and I've seen and I've seen that so many have taken the path that they thought would bring them happiness and they miss out what they really were looking for. So my prayer, my hope for you is that you can't forget this this week as you're going through and as you're looking at different things that, that, it, that it registers again. And if there's relationships in your life that are at odds, that you take the time to make those things right now and not wait till somewhere down the road because it matters and we're gonna talk about it more next week. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your for your gift of life to us. Thank you for giving us the chance to, uh, to even do a redo at life and uh, giving us the opportunity to live it with you the way it was meant to be. Thank you for your incredible love for us. Thank you that you've created us to be able to experience joy and experience happiness. But God, I thank you that we can find that in you and that you've revealed that through your, through your son and through your incredible love for us. Uh, Father, I just pray for uh, this congregation, I pray for uh, every family uh, involved. Lord, I, I pray that your hope and your love, your peace and your joy would fill their homes and their lives this week. Uh, as they seek out you uh, uh, this year, that they would experience everything that they were, that they were uh, desiring on the inside. And they would find that in you. Thank you for that. Lord, I thank you that as we leave this place, we're not going anywhere alone, but that you're with us. And pray that this week, Holy Spirit, you'd help us to hear your voice and to just to know you more and to be able to live and shine for you uh, to a world that's just so needing hope and uh, help. We thank you for that. In your name we pray. Amen.